And welcome you to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdahl, C70 of the Bat, at C70 on Twitter. Usually Tara is with me. She's still out. But bringing in a blast from the past is Josh Gilliam from April Fool 79 on Twitter. Writes at the Conclave under the Prospect Preacher logo and pictures hit eighth every once in a while wherever he wants to drop a post. Uh, Josh, how are you tonight? Good evening, my friend. It's uh, it's it's been uh, it's been too long since you and I have had the pleasure of teaming up in one of these, and I'm excited to talk a little bit about the present and the future. Yeah, it's a good thing we have you on here. I know your focus has always been on the minor leagues. Not that you're not paying attention to what the Cardinals are doing, of course, but you know, this weekend was a big weekend for that. The, the debut of um, Nolan Gorman and then the debut of Matthew Libertor right after that. Um, it seems like, you know, Libertor's stint was short. He's back down the minors. Could be back later. We'll talk about that. Let's talk about Gorman to start with it, You know, for the fact that we thought, okay, this guy's going to come up here and he might struggle he might strike out, but you know, whatever he's got, what I didn't see today, but what, like one strikeout on the, on the weekend and looked like he belonged pretty much. No, he had three hits today. Uh, he definitely did not look like he was struggling with, um, major league pitching. Uh, but again, you know, short sample size, we've mm-hmm. all been there. It's the pirates. Uh, Pittsburgh is, is really struggling. So, I'm not saying they had this weekend circled on the, the calendar or that they were looking at service time or any of those things to be considered. I think they honestly, um, and it was brought up a few times, uh, a few different broadcasts, um, Ali Marmol wants the team to play a certain way. Mm-hmm. And the series in New York didn't go quite as planned. They didn't look outplayed, but they also didn't look too competitive certain times. So, you know, if you need a jolt, they did it with uh, another couple of ball players that were down in Memphis and it was Nolan Gorman's turn. And I'll be honest with you, it couldn't couldn't have been a better weekend for the uh, future uh, second baseman uh, might not need to DH him if he keeps looking like he did this weekend. Yeah, it didn't sound like they're planning on DHing him, right? I mean, they they really want him to – I mean, they want the bat in the lineup, obviously, but it seems like they really wanted him to play. I mean, not just be this – Yeah, um, Bernie, and and I got nothing but love for Bernie, but he, he did not want to move Edmund off of second base because of his, his prowess over there and, and put him over at short. And I'm sure the team – you know, you got that certain former starter going to be in Memphis for foreseeable future. And I think what they wanted to do is they wanted to bring Gorman up. They wanted to give him a look at second. Uh, obviously, they know the bat's going to play. I think the question mark was about the defense. And, you know, they're going to see what kind of combination they can, they can do. Um, I don't think Edmund's going to be as big of a question mark over at short. I don't have the the worries that a lot of people that I, I've been reading about do. I mean, he came up as a shortstop. Um, he, he's got plenty of arm for the position. You know, I mean, you and I have talked many times that DeYoung was never going to be 
was never supposed to be, I guess is the better way to put it, the option at short, played his way into being the starting shortstop and held on to that position for quite a long time. So, you know, I don't think that they want to put him at DH. I think they, they're more than happy to keep running him out there if he's an average second baseman and as much work as he's put in, and especially with this organization with the Kendo and everybody around, he's definitely on the right track. Well, and, you know, looking at not just the short term, but the long term of the Cardinals, you've got um, you've got Juan Yepes, a guy that could be a DH if the outfield gets healthy. He's, he's a DH possibility. You've got Jordan Walker, who's coming up and, and plays a good defense. But again, where is he going to play? It could be a DH type. There's a number of, of hitters that they've got. Alec Burleson could probably slide in that spot too, although he's plays outfield, so it just depends. There's a lot of guys that could be playing DH, and it seems smart to not lock a young guy like Gorman into that spot right now because they may need that spot. And it's, I mean, they, I, I think the Cardinals are always going to try to use that as a rotating day off type of situation. They don't necessarily need a ADH necessarily, but, um, you know, so they've got to have him play. And, and he's made, I mean, he hasn't, he's his first play of the big leagues was part of a double play. He's made a number of those this week, and he's looked. Yeah, is he going to win a gold glove? Probably not, but you don't have to win a gold glove at every position. And if the bat plays like it does, you don't. You know, the defense is good enough. No, for sure. He uh, he made another um, couple of plays today. You know, he had a, he he started another double play. Um, I don't know if I've seen him make too many turns, but with coming up as a third baseman, Gorman's not going to have the problem with, you know, arm strength or anything like that. So, you know, to be honest with you, it is kind of the the best of both worlds um, with Edmund starting off as good as he has and kind of locking down the um, leadoff spot. They put Gorman in the second hole today and, you know, three hits, just a nice to have a lefty up that can, you know, break things up a little bit. Uh, I they gave Goldie the day off, but I do prefer uh, to have Goldschmidt and Arenado three four. If you can get a guy that you know can get on base for those guys to be able to get knocked in, so I don't think it matters so much as where he is in the lineup as the fact that he's an everyday player. He was supposed to have Saturday off. They moved him in because of some other things that I'm sure you and I will talk about. But you know, pass with flying colors. Gets a chance to come home. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that I have noticed is not only was he starting to cut down on the strikeouts at Memphis, but he he's like Donovan and Yepes, the ones that have come up from Memphis. Um, their approach, the, the pitch clock seems to be working in the high minors, and they're ready. They take good at bats. They're, they've kind of adopted that if I get a good pitch, I'm going to swing. And, you know, he, he takes quality at bats, and I, I don't think he's going to be going down anytime soon. No, I, I don't think they – I mean, it's kind of like Dylan Carlson from last, you know, two years ago. By the time they brought him up, they planned on him to stay. Now, Carlson didn't make a, a quick return to Memphis when he struggled. But, yeah, I, I don't expect the, that they were thinking this is just a short-term thing. I mean, the club definitely – 
also had this preconceived notion to some degree that Tommy Edmund needed to stay at second base. It felt like that was something that that was, for some reason, that was blocking Gorman at times. But, you know, once they were able to move on from Paul DeYoung, send him to Memphis, that seemed to loosen that grip. And now we'll see uh, Edmund over at short, I guess. I mean, you know, like you said, two, you know, Gorman comes up on Friday in place and then Saturday's on the bench to start with. Um, and to end with, he didn't finish the game in the game either. But um, it will be interesting to see how they juggle the whole middle infield, especially if Paul DeYoung starts hitting in Memphis and he hasn't yet. Um, all the last couple of days have been a little bit better than um, in the past. But um, yeah, Gorman looks good. Uh, you know, he was what? I don't. I didn't see it. I think I heard he was like a, you know, on the warning track. I think on Friday night, uh, almost had his first homer. Uh, that may take a while to come because they're going to Bush Stadium, and we'll see how he can do in the in the home ballpark. But you know, so far everything is advertised, and we'll see how pitchers adjust to him and how he adjusts to the pitchers. But you know, it helps. It, it did help to play Pittsburgh, although Pittsburgh isn't a team that you know. We, we tend to run down Pittsburgh, and there's, that's fair. But, you know, right now they're sitting third in the NL Central. I mean, they're not good, but they're not the bottom feeders that they have been in the past. No, no. It, it, it was the right situation coming off of a tough trip to New York. And the, I don't know. The Cardinals just always seem to play the Pirates better in Pittsburgh than they do at home. Um, mm-hmm. but there's probably some recency bias there. But it does seem like they'll run into a hot pitcher that they haven't seen before at Bush. And with, like you said, with that ballpark, even though it seems like the dimensions are, you know, uh, decent with the wall, with Clemente in one side and it's 400 plus to the other, you know, it's, that's just a ballpark that St. Louis seems to do really well in, and it, and they have for the better part of two decades. So um, those are the types of games and those are the types of series that St. Louis has to play well in now to be able to give them a shot to stay with Milwaukee. Not to get off topic too much, but, I, you know, I know you were kind of out of pocket a little bit today. Speaking of the Brewers, they put one of their big three starters on the injured list today so it's not just steven matz that's dealing with some shoulder issues freddie peralta is also dealing with a case of shoulder tightness and a lot of what i've read lately um you know the cardinals are done with the giants and the mets and it's not even june yet and a lot of the teams that the brewers have been beaten up on aren't the same quality and you know, as we well know, that all seems to kind of work its way out in during the dog days of summer. But, you know, if the Cardinals can stay competitive and find enough pitching, and I know it's, a, you know, you're looking at a lot of question marks with Flaherty and everything else. I I like this team with the mix that they have. When they're bringing up the youth, those, those kids, the kids play hard, man. I like it. Yeah, the Brewers are two and three against teams above 500. Um, and th- I think four of those games were against the Cardinals. Um, they've had a very easy schedule so far. I think I've seen 
or heard that they've, if you, you know, by whatever rating of schedules, strength of schedule you give it, they've been the easiest in the major leagues. I'm kind of scrolling through here. I don't see anybody else that's played fewer games against a 500 team. Uh, and yeah, they're, they've done what they need to do with those games. They've won more than they've lost and they've put up a, you know, right currently a three game lead on the Cardinals, but you know, once that t- competition stiffens for them, it may uh, <clears throat> may prove advantageous for St. Louis. Um, let's shift to the other other debut this weekend. Matthew Libertor, um comes within an out of going five innings and, and getting a win. Uh, if I hate to blame it all on Corey Dickerson. <laughs> um, it feels like that ball, though, he could have done something different with. Um, but overall, I look, Levertor looked like he was pretty much ready too, right? I mean, he's not going to get, he's not going to throw no hitter or, or dominate or anything like that, but he looks like he can be a middle rotation guy right now. He had settled in. He, you know, I mean, he had, he had a good first inning and then he had to sit for a while because St. Louis had their, their run. And so, you know, a little bit of an adrenaline dump. He gave up two runs, and he settled in. You know, he's got a big league curveball. He is basically, to me, he's Wainwright from the left side. He's got that big breaker. Not too many guys seem to have that anymore at at the big league level. So it does seem that that can be something that can help him play off of some of his other pitches. Now, of course, younger Younger starters, once there's a little bit more tape and you start seeing some of the same teams, he's he's going to need to adapt. But he's a guy that, yeah, 22 years old, um, hadn't pitched above, single A, struggled at times with Memphis last year, but really turned it on down the stretch. And to start this year, to be honest with you, Daniel, he, he looked ready and it was only a matter of time and it, you know, the schedule just seemed to work for this. I, I do think even if he would have gotten that one more pitch, one strike, or went five, he was still, this was, this was, he, he was going to have his debut, and they weren't going to keep him up unless mm-hmm. they decided, you know, they, they wanted to put him in the pen or something. But I don't think they wanted that because he did throw a decent amount of innings last year. And I think they want to kind of keep him on that schedule because it's, again, it could be very soon with whatever happens with Mats. But he's definitely a guy that they're going to need down the stretch this year and for years to come. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be – it will be interesting to see how they use him, especially, you know, again, well, we don't know what's going on. With, I, I don't think. I haven't seen. You know, I know that he left with a abdominal injury. They haven't – said what it is yet necessarily like he's going to go on the DL. It feels like he is, but I don't think they've made an official determination. Have they? It was shoulder tightness and it was not. Oh, that's good. Right. I, yeah. I, you get I, I did a little, uh, I did a little pregame before we, we went on the, the air and I watched and even during warmups and even the, I mean, his velocity was down, which was the first sign, but after mm-hmm. every pitch he was throwing, he was, favoring his left side and favoring that shoulder um, to the point where I, you know, I think the quick turn, I don't even think it was so much of a quick turnaround, but maybe he did get lucky and just slept on it wrong as, as 
was one of the possibilities thrown out there or you know hopefully it's not it, if they're only doing the MRI on the shoulder it's hopefully not a Max Scherzer thing or you know something where it is going to be a long-term thing but anytime you use the term shoulders shoulder or anything shoulder tightness uh shoulder soreness any of those they never do sound good no they don't no they don't and it, reading this story here on the, the post dispatch he's been on the disabled list in 2016 and 2020 with left shoulder discomfort so this doesn't sound like it's something new uh which may mean it's not serious but it probably means it's a disabled list time and or injured list uh, uh if you however you want to call it um so yeah uh, that may mean a return for matthew levator pretty quickly um but when everybody's healthy and that's a big if in this rotation right i mean we, we haven't seen everybody healthy i don't think in a long time but when everybody's healthy um there's going to be difficult to kind of see how this all shakes out right you got if when flaherty comes back in a month or so flaherty wainwright michaelis um you know maybe matt's by then um and then you've got maybe a libertor then you've got a hicks um and i think i've flipped over somebody for some reason but um, oh yeah dakota Hudson. i guess it's by mental block on him um you know, that's a lot of different arms that could be a starter. Um, now, again, I was talking with Ben Godar on Meet Me Mutual this week, and we talked about this, and he said, hey, you know, baseball finds a way to, you know, work itself out. And, of course, then Matt's comes up and gets hurt. So, you know, it feels unlikely that they're all going to be all ready at the same time. But if they do, I mean, how would you shuffle this? How does the line, rotation look for you if everybody was like that? The first – to me, it's kind of a toss-up. You have Hicks and Hudson that no matter what you try to do, they you're going to top off at you know five innings. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to see them piggyback those two because they're so different. I know that's more of a minor league thing that they don't necessarily do, but I would love to see them go with like Hicks once through the lineup you know, throwing his 102 and then turn it over to Hudson. We've seen Dakota at times be what looks like a top of the line starter. You know, he got hurt. It, it's something that happens in the game. He doesn't seem to be the same type of pitcher since he's come back. Maybe a little, you know, a little bit of flash of it at the end of last year. But for a guy that works as slowly as he does, and is so dependent on his defense behind him. I I just I'm not sure if they're gonna be able to get him out of the whole trying to nibble so much and walking and having so many guys on the base paths all the time. It is matting matting to watch. It's very frustrating when he starts. Yeah, very very much so. I mean, you're right. I'd I'd shift him out, and, and it does. Hicks is starting to get, but I I don't know. I don't know if even I think like best case scenario for Hicks is five innings, right? I just I can't see him ever getting to the spot where he's going to be getting into the six regularly. Um, I may be wrong, um, but between the, the pitch counts and you know his you know his stuff moves enough that it becomes difficult sometimes for him to throw it in the strike zone. I, I just feel like you know if you can get five innings from him on a regular basis, I guess you take it. But 
there is some consideration of sliding him back in the bullpen, except for his, you know, the health management that they're doing as well. Yeah, that's and and they've you know to kind of put it on in, in the same kind of perspective, Ryan Helsley, they're they're almost doing the same type of thing as Hicks, except in the bullpen, they're only limiting him to one inning and not back to back days, and that's something where in theory they could kind of have Hicks be the opposite of Helsley, and then you got you know Gallegos that you know is kind of the I, there's a way to do it, and and if they had enough, quote unquote, big league starters right now, I think that's something they would have already kind of looked to do, just because of the fact that the bullpen, you know, it's sad to say, but we're again we're at the end of May, and I think the bullpen's tired already. Well, yeah, and we saw that a couple, you know, what was it last year or so that. You know, they hit that spot where they had to cover some innings early on and then start to fade out um, in June, especially. Um, I don't know. I hope not. Um, I hope that they'll be able to rotate. But there's not just a whole lot of people on that 40-man roster that can come up and down, especially when you're limited to ro- options this year. I mean, we saw Jake Walsh. They are limited. Down. They are limited. But there's at least two. Well, one on the 40-man, one not on the 40-man that they could – it's going to have to be – it's going to get to be a mess here probably around July or so because now that Jack is on the he, – he, they're going to need a 40-man spot for him. Mm-hmm. You know, they just DFA'd the other TJ to make room for Libertor. But uh, Oviedo has, has kind of turned the corner his last couple of starts. He's not a guy that I would say he's going to give you six or seven, but if you needed length in the bullpen, he's a guy that not only is on the 40-man, but has maybe kind of like Rondon did today. He's a guy that if you needed innings, um, you know, obviously the the patron pitcher, number 70 for you, Packy, can still come up a few more times. But the other guy is um, – Zach Thompson, I think the big, you know, the big decision, if you will, was who's going to get called up first. Thompson's a couple years older. He's a guy, another first-round pick, this time, you know, by the Cardinals in 2019. Uh, he kind of started turning around, not during the season last year, but in the Arizona Fall League. And his first month of the year, he really looked like he might have been the first guy to get called up. He scuffled slightly here in May, but he's still a guy that is he's throwing more than five innings. Another lefty, another guy that is considered a power pitcher, gets plenty of strikeouts. He has cut down on the walks, which is nice to see. So he's another guy that the only the only issue, if there is an issue, is he's not on the forty man yet. So you'd have to find you'd have to manufacture a spot for him as well. So there are options. It's just like you mentioned, you can only send them up and down so many times now. So those guys that are already on the 40 man, such as Oviedo, they've already burned one of those this year. So they are going to have to factor that into this decision on how they make it all work. Well, they haven't burned one on Oviedo yet because options before what was it May 1st, I think didn't count towards okay. five. So, they haven't murdered anybody except for like one on Walsh and 
Um, and I don't know if they come back on injury, if that eliminates that or not. I don't, I don't know exactly how that works, if anything. But, um, you know, they've used Walsh. Um, I think they got Whitley down beforehand. But, you know, Whitley's the guy that come back up, and I haven't seen what he's done um, at Memphis. He was but, closing for Memphis. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of He's, yeah, he's only thrown four innings down there, and I guess maybe that's part yeah. of it because um, I haven't had, a, had too many opportunities. But, uh, you know, I felt like Whitley didn't necessarily, unless he was working on something, because he did have a couple rough outings there right before he went down. But, um, you know, he's a guy that they can get back up for the bullpen, uh, for sure. And like you said, Nalton Walsh. Um, you know, Connor Thomas is a guy maybe that could – he's, again, not on the 40-man, but you'd have to, you know, maybe work him up too. Um I don't know. Um, there are a few options, but, you know, Jake Woodford could come back up and, and things of that nature. But we'll see. I mean, tomorrow's uh, the first day of a homestand. Um, they often like to do things then. Um, we'll see, I guess, you know, Dylan Carlson didn't play today. Um, we'll see if his injury is enough to put him on the disabled or injured list. Um, I, you know, we'll probably get a, a pitching change just because, although, man, I tell you, for the fact that Matt's went out in four pitches this today, to see Rondon come in and pitch five and then McFarland to do three, um, that was huge, right? I mean, to see it was them, huge, but they're going to have, they'll have to make a move though. One, at least one to get protection in case, you know, something like that happens, obviously with Miles. You feel pretty good about him giving you mm-hmm. five to seven, but again, you just don't ever know. And the lineup that the Blue Jays have, they could get ugly in a hurry. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's gonna a move will will need to be made, but not to cut you off on Carlson. Um, old friend Lars Newtbar kind of had a monster game uh, yep. today, so so he looks ready. Yeah, I mean, it feels like if there's a if if uh, if there's going to be a Carlson, uh, I'll stand. It's going to be Newbar. I mean, he's on the forty man. He's been up already. That that makes sense. I mean, a lot of people would like to see Burleson or something of that nature, and I get that. But you know, I think you know that's where they're going to go there. But um, hopefully, it's not. Hopefully, because Carlson was starting to hit. Hopefully, it's not anything too serious. But we'll, we'll find out. Um, I guess we got to. We can't wrap this up though without talking about the latest addition to the bullpen. <laughs> you know, a week after Albert Pujols goes out there and gives up four runs in the ninth inning, today Yadier Molina on his on his day off, Andrew Kisner was was catching today, uh, gets out there, pitches the ninth, and gives up four runs. You know, I, I know, I know Albert was rooting for Molina to give up a fifth run. <laughs> somewhere and Molina was hoping to give up just three if it, or less because they wanted some bragging rights but um, both of them give up two home runs uh, it's uh, it's interesting and you know again that's the kind of thing we talked about it last week about how memorable this team can be at times some of the stuff that we have seen this year that's going to stand out with Pujols pitching and now with Molina pitching and, and stuff like that you know I, I guess it's something about having those legends on the team, those guys that have such a connection to us and, you know, the fan base, uh, you know, that have a lot of deep, um, deep roots to be able to see them do stuff, to see them having as much fun as they are. 
Um, those things just kind of stand out even more. I mean, if it was a, a Corey Dickerson that goes out and pitches, that, you know, we don't give it a second thought. But but guys like Molina and and uh, Pujols doing it, it's just it's just Im- impossible to forget. With as much as those two want to be on the field every day, I know the worry that I had was how, especially on the, with Molina, how was the organization and especially with bringing in a first time manager that's younger than those two, how was this going to pay off where you could keep them healthy, you could keep them happy because we've seen how grumpy Molina is and that's not something you know anybody wants. All of a sudden for two and a half million dollars, you bring in pools and you know, Two months into the season, problem solved. Those two, I don't know if they've ever had so much fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, they talked uh, They talked to Albert again today, and, of course, Edmonds had to bring up the whole uh, Juan Yepes, you know, following around like a little puppy dog. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, Albert's beaming. And yeah. I've never seen him smile so much. Um, those two are keeping everybody loose. It's, uh, you know, I – it, this this does seem like a uh, team of destiny kind of in a way, just with Wainwright, you know, pushing back for father time as much as possible and not letting COVID get to him, just all these different things. And then you're bringing up player after player. And don't get me wrong. I Like you said, I'm, I'm a big fan of the minors, but last year it was rough. Each one of the minors last year for St. Louis all – Every team in the organization was really bad. I mean, you had some good individual performances, but you know, it was it was not a uh, pleasant experience covering any of the minor leagues last year. To so to see a number of guys already come up and not just contribute, but you know, show that they should be here, they belong at this level. That gives me hope that if they need to plug in a few more guys, and you you mentioned them already. This team has the potential to not miss a beat, get you to the end of July, and <laughs> I guess we'll see what the, the trade deadline brings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we like to write in the the narratives of a team of, of destiny. I, I feel like there's probably some other teams out there that have that same kind of feeling of, of their teams. Um, sure. But, you know, all one of them is going to be right. You know, there's a good chance of it. And um, there's no reason that the Cardinals can't be that team. It, it, if you could, if you could script it, I think that's where you look, right? Because of the guys that are going out and the guy, and what they're doing this year and all that kind of stuff. And you know, we'll see how, we'll see how it all shakes out. They have definitely are in contention right now. They're, you know, in the they'd be playing the Giants in the first round of the playoffs right now. So um, that would be good the way they played the Giants this year. Um, We'll see how, how it all shakes out. Long way to go still, but uh, it was a fun weekend, a weekend the Cardinals needed, uh, a weekend, uh, their first sweep of the year. Um, it's, you know, ties them for their longest winning streak of the year. Um, it could have been, you know, could have maybe done been four games if they had been able to close off the Mets on Thursday. But uh, all, all, over, all in all, it's, it's a team that's at least worth watching. You know, we didn't even talk about Albert, you know, hitting two homers today. Uh, kind of get a little bit closer to 700. So it's a, it's a team that will so far 
hasn't driven us too crazy, and I guess that's a good thing. Well, the only thing that's driven us crazy, and at least me, uh, I guess the other thing we didn't hit on real quick was Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. Going on the shelf, and if if it's been any kind of a lingering issue with him, does in, in your mind does that factor into how bad he's looked so far, or is he just a, a few different factors? I think, I mean, there's a reason to think maybe that has something to do with it. It's not all of it because he hasn't been hurt for six weeks or whatever, I don't think. Um, you wouldn't think, no. Yeah, I mean, part of it's that, part of it, you know, part of it, I think maybe he did have, he may have thought he could handle the um, arbitration stuff better than he did. And, you know, ideally this wouldn't be happening during the season, so we wouldn't have to worry about it. Um, but, you know, that's past now. If he can come back healthy... You know, a little bit of a break, a little bit of reset. We'll see. I, I, I think there's much better days ahead for Tyler O'Neill than I don't think we're going to see this the rest of the year. Um, and if so, that's just a that's just a benefit for the Cardinals because you know they've done all this without that bat. Uh, you add that bat really into this mix, and things can really take off. I agree. He's a guy that if you think about the year he put up last year, um, you know, we've had Arenado carry, carry, you know, put the team on his back for one month with, a, with an assist from Edmund and a few others. And then, uh, you know, Goldschmidt, I would be shocked if he's not the player of the month in the national league for May. So, you know, um, it's, they're going to need another. And, and whether that's, some assistance from the rookies or you hit on it every time Albert gets up the bat, he's passing somebody in, in a top 10 list and in, in one category or another. So that is uh, it's been a long time since you see, you've seen a crowd of people when somebody comes up, just, you know, hoping or waiting for him to, to do something. And uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be fun to watch too. I mean, Every uh, every start for Wainwright and Molina is another start closer to history. So it's there are there are it's it's not a it's not a, a boring team, especially with them you know running all over the place. That's definitely not something that we've seen for a while, and uh, they they have different ways to win. So I, I think it's going to come down to pitching, like every other team in baseball, and whether you have enough of it and, you know, how, uh, how the front office decides and can, can supplement things here when needed. Yeah. Going to be interesting to see, and we'll have uh, a lot of time left to do here. We're getting to that, you know, that quarter pole, if you will, that traditional, uh, Labor Day, uh, or not Labor Day, Memorial Day, uh, which you kind of feel like, things are getting a little bit serious. It's not a little harder to say it's early uh, at that point, and we're getting there this week. So uh, should be should be fun. Josh, thanks for joining me again. It's been, a, like you said, a long time since we've gotten together. Hopefully it won't be a long time until we do it again. But uh, it was good talking with you. Yes, sir, Daniel, anytime. Yep. So until next week, for Josh, I'm Daniel. Good night. Hey Cardinals fans, thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under podcasts 
and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.